Squid like Comics Podcast, episode 61, season one. This is our last episode of the season. Mm-hmm. We January, we're going to start season two. I nice. thought it was just because you like the number 61, and wanted to I stop there. don't like 61. No 61. <laughs> Down with the 61. I didn't realize that they dropped the new episode of The Mandalorian today. The new episode of The Mandalorian, episode seven, came out today. Yeah. To like in... Since the movie comes out on Friday, they don't want to distract you from the movie, so they dropped it early. That's right. Right, because nobody has time to watch 45 minutes of a... And go see Star Wars. And go see Star Wars. In fact, the runtime is only 40 minutes, so... And that's including the credits. And they're like two minutes worth of what's happened in the past six episodes. Wow, I guessed. So really, there's only probably about truly a 35 maybe minutes of actual show. And we're drinking Limeritas. Oh, yeah. Well, then you have the intro, too. So that's that true, a little bit of that. Some. But it is very good. Episode 7 is good. Yeah, what did you think of 6? 6 was good. I liked did 6. Did you enjoy 6? I six really liked 6. Nice. Yeah, I really it was liked... a fun... Did you watch it? Yeah. It's a fun little prison uh, break. prison break thing, yeah. yeah. I mean, it felt kind of like filler type <laughs> thing, but it was kind of fun with the way that it did things. and uh, yeah. had Bill the, whole, the whole series is filler. You think until you watch episode seven. Well, yeah, then they're going to kind of bring it together. They are bringing it together in episode seven. But I mean, the last four episodes have been pretty much filler. Mm, no. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we'll see, I guess. Yeah. We'll but anyway, see. yeah, it was fun. I liked it. It was good. You already drained that limerita, huh? No, I'm mixing it up. Make hmm. sure that that bottom part gets mixed. Make sure the worm gets mixed in there. That's right. So I'm very concerned about episode nine. I need to explain why. But I have to talk about Weezer first. Weezer? Yeah. Okay. You know who Weezer is, right? right Africa. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so in the 90s, Weezer came out. They put out this really great album. Probably one of the greatest the albums of the era. The Blue Album. Perfect album. If you listen to it today, Sweater. it's just as Buddy good. Holly. Great album. Perfect. All right? And everybody loved it. Weezer was like, you know, on the rise. And then they put out Pinkerton. Okay, and Pinkerton, the, the second that, like, Weezer album. Bought. So Pinkerton, Rivers Cuomo, who is the f- main songwriter for Weezer, when he put out Pinkerton, he made the songs like much more personal about his own personal feelings, and he kind of made it very introspective and just his own, you know, shared like his own dark thoughts and blah blah blah, and made this really very personal album. And he kind of got experimental with the music a little bit too. Yeah. Anyway, huge backlash. Everybody hated it. You know, it was too much of a departure from Weezer. And everybody said, you're crazy. Your feelings, your dark feelings are weird. You know, you're a crazy dude. Nobody, everybody thought he was, you know, he buried his soul. And everybody kind of said, oh, your soul's ugly. You know, a little bit. Anyway, kind of hurt him quite a bit. And so then he uh, went ahead and he, you know, put out, he waited a few years. And they put out another album. It was more like the Blue album. Every album since then has been very sort of more... It's not really about him, personal feelings. You know, he, it's very kind of poppy, kind of, you know, very More. surface, you know, very shallow, let's mm. say. And he just makes kind of fun pop songs or whatever. And he said, yeah, I don't think I'll ever write, like, super personal, you know, lyrics for music anymore. Because when I did, everybody kind of, you know, had there was this huge backlash. So let's fast forward to Star Wars, like Force Awakens, okay? Force Awakens is kind of like the Blue Album, right? Like it was fun, you know. It was it kind of it's it's fair. It's it kind of played that, to yeah. its strengths. It didn't really challenge anybody anymore. And then the last it Jedi comes really out, and it challenges everybody. It like switches stuff around and kind of turns everything on its head, and kind of is real edgy, kind of like Pinkerton, right? 
Now, just like, but there's this backlash. So now, to make up for it, I think they're going the same route that Weezer went, how they're going to, like, totally bring it back in and try and just do fan service and try and rein in everything The Last Jedi since there was this backlash to try and fix all of it. And that's what the early reviews are kind of telling me as well. So yes. I feel like, basically, toxic fandom basically ruins everything, you know? No, oh, it does. To a point. Here's so, my problem. Uh, well, uh, in line do you get my point? Though. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally. Okay. Oh, I, I totally see what you're saying. All right. Here's the and thing. I feel though. the same thing is gonna. It just happened to Star Wars. It got ruined because they tried to do something kind of innovative and challenging and mix it up a little bit. Everybody's like, "Oh my god!" And they all freaked out. And now we're gonna just get more of the same. But it, but here's the here's the problem there. And from what I see, what they did, you know, a little bit. I, I've mentioned this before, in which. Part of the problem that they had with this final trilogy or this third trilogy, whatever you want to call it, is the fact that they had different directors. They didn't have their whole story out there. I don't even know, based off of what I see and hear and that type of stuff, that they even plotted it very well, you know, for what they wanted to do over all these three movies. I think they said, we got to hit while the iron's hot. Boom, we got to get something out first right away, and then we'll, you know, do the old thing where somebody picks it up and carries it on, you know, sure. thing. So, with that... Last Jedi did not, while I, it had some really good ideas, visually it was fantastic, some other stuff, it did not need to belong in this trilogy that they're doing now. Really, that, Ryan John, if nothing else, it tells me that Ryan Johnson could do a kick-ass standalone one, probably, yeah. you know, where you get totally away from the Skywalker saga sure. and things, because honestly, that's what he was freaking trying to do in Correct. Last Jedi was get away from the whole Skywalker thing and say, anybody can be a freaking Jedi. Yeah. This universe is huge. Correct. Unfortunately, he planned the wrong damn time to do it. Because yeah. he was trying to tie up a third trilogy to something that they were trying to say is a nine-part saga. It just does not fit in the big scheme of things. Yeah. So, so now they have to spend So now they a have to spend a movie, exactly right, at t going two and a half hours, and then they have to give, from what I've read, I haven't seen this thing yet, but from the early reviews of what I've read, you know, and things, trying to keep away from spoilers, there's a lot of exposition or whatever yeah, they gotta, in the beginning. Yeah, they got to explain Because they've got to explain away. everything away that yeah. happened in the last one. Correct. And try to set things up, and they made it now into this big convoluted thing, you know, type stuff, while trying to keep the action that I think J.J. Abrams can do pretty well at it's you know, funny though the right. reviews say like there's all this exposition they say but the action is go 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 yeah, constant yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. well can you have it both ways is it exposition or is it action maybe it's exposition as the action is happening my thing they say that it's basically a big just thank you to the fans in some ways you know shape sure. and form but that doesn't always necessarily make a great movie i mean look well, snakes on a plane everybody the whole internet was like ah this is the greatest thing ever you know, type of thing, and then it was like a total dud. You know, I, yeah, know, I think like, it's kind of like Endgame. You know, a little bit where they tried to tie thing up and give fan service, and then it could be. Yeah. But in Endgame, in my opinion, in that one, it was even worse because they really tied themselves into a damn corner with the with the Infinity War. Sure. You know, so getting out of that mess meant that they really right. had a lot of problems. In this one, it's not quite as bad. It's just the fact that the director from Number One. Well, he passed it off to number two. Thought that he did a really good job. It wasn't what he planned. 
And then they brought back the poor old director from number one to direct number three. Which wasn't the plan. Which was not the original plan. So when number number one comes back to do number three, he goes, well, here, I'm going to go back to my original plan. But unfortunately, now I only have one film to do it in instead of the two that I thought was going to happen in. And so now i got to do everything in two films for what I wanted to do in one. Well, I think I mean, it also I got messed one up. Film than what I wanted, what that could be done in two. I think they had more of a plan than they say they have. Like they're sure. trying to act like there was no plan, but I think part of the plan got messed up when Carrie Fisher died, because I think mm. Leia was supposed to be a much bigger part in I this would last agree with movie. Because yeah. if you see it, Han was in the first in the first yeah, one, Luke's. and then Luke was the focus of the second one, and then Leia was going to be the yeah. focus of the third one. Then she died, and it's like, yeah. well, we can't really make the movie around her anymore. Yeah. So we got which do I'm sure different. has some some issues. In that. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, right now. I, I I'm going in with a pretty open mind though overall. Maybe I, I mean maybe it's a little down, ratcheted down, you know, of going, eh, okay, whatever. Yeah. But you know, type things. I've but quite frankly, ever since the damn prequels, I go into every Star Wars movie that way, thinking that it's all I'm wanting to have something that entertains me, looks cool up on the screen, and hopefully it'll be a fairly decent story. And if it is, I'll enjoy it. I mean. I have told you that I love the Force Awakens in a lot of ways, but it's it's freaking Star Wars repeat, you know. Well, yeah. It's a but then all the Star Wars movies are that way. In some the ways, the Phantom Menace had a lot of stuff from Star Wars. I mean, in you got like ways, yeah. Anakin maybe blowing up a ship instead of a Death thing, Star. Maybe in some yeah. cases, but you know, for what it was, the Force Awakens was really good at, at directing action, having a lot of good, cool visuals, had great acting, things like that. I thought for that type of world, uh, the Last Jedi. I, there again, I think it had great visuals and great acting. The bigger problem that I had with that one is it's got the Indiana Jones syndrome of two people go off and do something that mean absolutely nothing. In fact, one of the guys, you know, spends the whole time, you know, trying to do something that, Jesus Christ, you had to do a two and a half hour film for, you know, this chunk of time, at least 45 minutes that characters do do a bunch of crap that gets you nowhere. You know, I think that was probably more my problem with The Last Jedi. Hmm. Uh, what do you think, Don? You don't like you Star don't Wars care. at all anymore. You probably you probably won't even see Rise of Skywalker. Star Wars Have you watched like any of the Mandalorian at all? I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm like the, I'm up to whatever. <laughs> I just seven? didn't know that seven came out today. I was waiting until Friday because I ain't going to see Star Wars on Friday. What do you see? think episode six? Like crazy. Now now go flip flopping back over to Mandalorian. What did you think of number six? It was good. Did you like that? What about five? Did we see five before last time? I don't think Man, we had. Maybe not. What was That's five? the one with Tatooine. It was kind of forgettable, I thought, but they go back to Tatooine. I think you had seen it, but we had not. You kind of got a job, you know, there with the young uh, bounty hunter, that, and they go to find oh, uh, yeah, that was the girl who voices episode. Mulan. That was all right, yeah. They shoot the players. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Yes, yes. Oh, that was a pretty decent episode. It was an okay episode. It was nothing great. I didn't think it was one of the better ones myself, but, yeah. but then again, I also kind of liked four that you guys did not like, so... Four was my least favorite yeah. so far. Yeah. That was the, the one where they were fighting the ATST. Fight, fight oh, the I have a problem with that one. So I like that one. Yeah, out of them all, probably five is probably my probably the least favorite. But it's still not bad. It's just <clears> I didn't feel like it. It brought a whole lot in there. But I did enjoy six. I really enjoyed it. I thought it showed cool. off some of the Mandalorians. You know why he's What's considered the one of the best Star Wars movie. Uh, Rise of the Sky, Rise, Rise of, Skywalker. of Skywalker. It looks like Return of the Jedi because they got Lando flying. And the Emperor, yeah. And the Emperor, so and it should Emperor. be just like Return of the Jedi. It should be. Yeah, it's like the second was, one was, was like the Empire, Empire Strikes, and the yeah. first one was sure. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just wait for it to come on video. Yeah, or watch Return of the Jedi again, and you get the same feel. So yeah, yeah. I do the same thing. 
I just want to find out who Ray is. They just tell me that. I might just look online and see who she is. And just I was going to say, I'm sure somebody's already spoiled it all by now. Oh, I'm so sure. It's all out there. She's probably like... You could probably watch the movie right now. She's probably the spawn She's probably a clone of the Emperor. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm figuring. Something. something stupid. Or that the Emperor like rearranged something so that uh, she was born, you know. Rearranged yeah. them horse thing, Eagle Bobs. She'd be like Snoke. I think Snoke was a clone of the Emperor. Mm-hmm. Probably won't answer that question. In this I movie. think it doesn't matter. Probably. I know it doesn't matter. Mega. Kylo anyway. will be good at the end. He'll all be when you think so. Thing. I don't know. You kill Han Solo. Mm-hmm. That's unforgivable. Mm. There's no coming back from that. Probably so. That's my opinion. Can't come back from that. You're like, I'm so excited to see it, and now you're just bagging on it. Who's bagging? You. Oh. I am. Well, yeah, you're like, you can't forgive him for killing Han Solo. I can't forgive him for oh, killing no. Han Solo. Well, he had to die at some point. I do admit, well, though, I'm excited. I disagree. Forever. I'm ready for it. I'm Everyone excited to still see forever. it. Blade Runner. I have faith in J.J. Abrams to give me something entertaining. Yeah, he will be entertaining. J.J. Abrams does not make unentertaining. It will be, there will be some good dialogue. There will be some good acting. There will be some great action. But as a whole, I don't expect that the story is going to hold together. All I can say is there better be a badass lightsaber fight because they still haven't topped episode one as far as I'm concerned. That's probably true. They need to top episode one. I would definitely agree with that. I don't know that they need to top episode one. They need to top episode one. This is their last chance. But even episode three couldn't top episode one. I know, but this is their last chance to top it. Mm. This is the end of the saga. It is. How much money has it made already in pre-sales? A bajillion dollars. I, no, I don't know, I though. It's not... Uh, made a billion dollars. I don't think it's been doing as well as, like, uh, in-game, though. Or something I think they like said that, it's so. tracking... No, it's not. They said it's tracking the same as Last Jedi, like 450 million worldwide opening, I think. I think in-game did, what, like, 700 or 600? Yeah, but they opened everywhere. I know. In-game did. Well, I think Avengers, or the Marvel stuff, is way more popular, like, worldwide, worldwide than yeah. Star Wars is. The only Star people who really is, like Star Wars is U.S. Is the U.S. and England. England likes England's stuff. real big with it, too. I mean, other people watch it, but they're not, like, super... Or the United Kingdom, whatever you want to yeah. say. But, uh, you would think... They're all pretty big. You could just think that, like, China, Japan... China, China can care, care less. China, China care less. They they, care all the Star, Star Wars. Wars films just do crap over in China. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you would think that they would do quite well, you know, with the whole kind of samurai type of idea, you know, and things, but, yeah. Well, that's more Japan. I would assume so, yeah. Were they all the samurais? They, yeah. What the hell did they have in Japan then? I mean, in China. China mm. Peasants. So. Monks. Tibetan monks. Or Mulan shows me that there's all these people that kind of look like samurai. Yeah, they had, like, Genghis Khan so. and stuff. I don't think well, Genghis Khan those was, like, those were the Mongolians fighting Yeah, the but that's Chinese. Oh, yeah. Is it Mongolia Chinese? I don't know. I don't know my history. Anyway, samurai were Japanese. Hmm. Japanese is an interesting place. It's very different from China. Japanese is a culture. very interesting place. It really is. I read well, that. Quite, yeah, yeah, I read a, that. There's book. a lot of differences in the. Culture. I read the book Shogun about like you know feudal Japan. And I read Yosagi, Yusagi Ojimbo, which you know so is exactly totally. And I read all of Lone Wolf and Cub, so I'm kind of an expert on Japanese. You probably samurai. followed. Probably followed. Um, you know where Ronin is? Yeah. Do you know what Ronin is? Uh, I don't know. Lone Wolf Samurai. It's a masterless one. samurai. Okay. Samurai without a master. That was close. I know. You were close. All right, cool. Any other TV stuff to talk about? 
movies okay tv or should we transition to comics yeah, i was trying to think what did i see recently i just read comics this last two weeks i didn't watch anything you didn't watch it? I did watch, what was it, Fast and Furious, uh, whatever, the Hobbs Oh, the Hobbs and Shaw, that was not very good. Oh, I saw that in the theater. It was not, oh, you poor soul. Yeah. It, I mean, it was okay. It was, it was, it's a fun it's film. It's fun. Yeah, it's a fun I film. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I can't fall like... asleep. I'd wake up. I'm like, oh, it's the same as it was. Cool. I'll just go back to sleep. Yeah. I watched, did you guys watch The Moodies? The, the, the Moodies? I don't know what that is. It was a TV show on Fox. It was like a three-night like a hmm. three-hour event thingy. Yeah, and no. it had... Um, Nobody knows who you're talking about. Uh, what's his face? Uh, the guy from... Uh, the stand-up comic guy that was... I'm like, not that fire... Chris Farley. No, he did that other Christmas movie where he was the robber. Jesus, what is the guy's name? Joe Pesci. Kevin Hart. <laughs> no. Eddie Murphy. No. The, the one... Rock. The one with Kevin Spacey and the other lady, and they're fighting the whole time, and he breaks into the house, and he holds them hostage. Oh, Dennis Leary? Dennis Leary. Oh, there the you ref go. or something like that. Yeah, He's the still ref. alive? Yeah. They did this thing. It was called, like, the Moody's. It was, it was pretty funny. Huh. Wow. Network TV has lost it. Yeah, probably so. Mm, it was I good. did see Ford vs. Ferrari. I saw that. I enjoyed it. That was a good movie. That was pretty I thought good. it was solid. Yeah. I saw Marriage Story. Ford vs. Ferrari. I did go Ferrari. see Ford vs. Ferrari. Huh. I saw a Marriage Story. Did you watch that on Netflix? I haven't. Did you like it? It's on Netflix. Like is a strong word. I mean, it was good. It's good. I don't know that it's like like. I mean, it's about like these this marriage marriage dissolving and how ugly it gets. So how could you really? Yes, it's it's not a feel good film. Definitely not. Yeah, but overall, it's it was well acted. It was well made. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. Did we talk about the Irishman last time? I haven't bit, seen it. Nobody's watched it. I you. did. You I did. You yeah. haven't watched it? I haven't, I haven't watched, watched it. it. It's just so so long. It's so long. I need to figure out a way to like watch it in 30 minutes. Maybe over months. Christmas. Not that bad. I actually watched The Shining. I have never seen that thing the whole way through. Wow. I've seen bits and pieces. Hey, now you're ready I, to go see I think Dr. that Sleepers. I am... Yeah, that's part of the thing. I wanted to see Dr. Sleep at some point. I think... It's the problem that I have with a lot of other films when you try to watch those classics after oh, so yeah, long. It's dated. It's dated. That is, that is the huge problem. It's and Kubrick, so many, pe- so many so things good. that people have already copied off of, you know, and whatever yeah, else. I, I mean, it's got the annoying keyboard music type yeah, thing. That's Kubrick, um, though. That's not. Yeah. I don't know. I watch that all the time. You still do that to this day? I watch Dr. Strange. It, 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 it's now. just very. I mean, maybe because Kubrick, though, did, didn't he do. I uh, watched that. Well, yeah, but uh, Clockwork Orange? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, even with, I, I don't know, Clockwork Orange was pretty methodical, too, but I just always felt like to me on that one that that was, maybe it was just the fact that it was so unique, you yeah. know, and everything else that I enjoyed that. But with, you know, The Shining, god damn, it's just, it feels slow, you know, type stuff. There's some really cool visuals and everything else, but holy shit. Have it, you I ever mean, seen Doctor Strange? Two movie? hours. Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, oh my god! You should watch this. You should watch. I, I'm like afraid it. to watch it. No, you like no, it because it's black and white, so you know it's old and dated. But yet, it's so good. It like feels it's out. so good. Like I watched it recently, and I'm like, this is like a perfect movie. Like so, it's just perfect. Okay. So good. I gotta probably try to look out for that. Check out Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so but yes, good. Shining. Unfortunately, just... there's no fighting in the war room. <laughs> unfortunately. The Shining as a wow. horror film just, yeah, it really doesn't hold up. You know, what? What? Oh, my God. Fake news. So. Could be, could be. You've been ruined. I have. Been ruined. I have. 
Alright. Alright, I guess we're done with movies. Let's move on. Maybe, maybe not. You never know. Uh, Alright. I have interesting, you know, likes and dislikes. And a lot of things, we, especially when it comes to movies, a lot of times my enjoyment of a movie comes down to my mood, though, at the time, too. So... I don't know. Well, be ready to laugh your ass off when you watch At the Dr. Rise of Skywalker. Love. Oh, okay. <laughs> Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned to Love. How I Learned, I learned to Stop Worrying and, and Love the, the bomb. bomb. There you go. Okay. Perfect movie. Fantastic. It's got Peter Sellers. In multiple roles. And Peter Sellers. And Peter Sellers. And what's his face that plays the. There really aren't that many actors in it. Nah, Dorsey Scott. Yes. Yeah. There you go. He's pretty good. Yeah, but he's not patent. Okay. <laughs> Far from it. I read Rusty Brown finally because Don gave this to me to read. Yeah. Yep. This is by Chris Ware. Can't wait for the second one, can you? Slice There's going to be another one. Yeah, that's part one. What? Yeah, that's volume one. So hopefully excited. they put it in a bigger freaking book. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to read. Because the text is too small. I noticed and that right away. little ass panels. Jesus. Yeah, and they make it the text really small. So Rusty Brown... You should put that in front of the freaking camera there. This God is a damn. book that Drew would have liked that I like. That's weird. Did you like it? I did like it. That's cool. Yeah, so like a lot of little it. panels. Hmm. I guess I can leave it there. Here, Rusty Brown. Alright, this book is... I think dense. at the end it says to be continued. And I think at the beginning it says volume one. Yeah, I believe there is more. I I read that after I read it. I looked into it. Because you really don't get much of Rusty Brown. Did you notice that? Yeah. So Rusty Brown's this little kid. He's pretty dysfunctional. He's like in second grade, I think. And he's got like a Supergirl doll that he like really likes. And his dad's kind of a dickhead and teaches at his school. And his mom is barely in it. But um, anyway... He's kind of like the kid who gets beat up and picked on all the time or whatever. Well, he goes to school one day and bullies are picking on him. Well, there's a new kid in school, Chalky White, you know, because Rusty Brown, Chalky White. Yeah. Chalky White's kind of a weird kid, too. He has an older sister who also goes to the school, the high school. They go to, like, the grade school. I think it's, like, a Catholic school or a religious school of some kind. Mm, you get the sense. Know. It's a parochial school of some kind, I think. But anyway, yeah, so you do that, and then there's one of the kids who, like, bullies him. There's also a really nice African-American teacher at this school. This is, like, set, like, in the 50s or something, 60s? I don't know. But the fact that they have an African-American teacher at the school is, like, <coughs> a huge deal. Yeah, like, people are, like, really rude and kind of make racist comments, and it's, like, kind of ugly. Oh, that happens today. Well, exactly, but it was even worse. Then, okay, so Rusty Brown's dad teaches at the high school, I believe. And um, at one point, so we learn about Rusty Brown and see like a day in his life and it's pretty miserable. Well, then we focus on his dad and his dad, I guess, really likes like science fiction and stuff. So they're, go, they're drawn to this whole like long story about like these people making this uh, colony on Mars. And it's this really weird kind of 50s styled, bizarre like Mars science fiction story it's it gets pretty dark and twisted as well i didn't totally get all of that like all sorts of weird you know things are happening in that story because it's like the whole um unreliable narrator narrator thing because the one guy is narrating it and he's kind of whack and he's telling you the story but he's kind of leaving out little pieces that are kind of important you know but anyway the story's kind of interesting so they sent these like 12 ships to mars and they sent them all into different 
areas around Mars, and each one has two couples, and each couple is supposed to like create their own sort of colony, and all 12 of these things are supposed to create separate colonies on Mars and to see which ones survive, kind of like a, you know, best... Um, survival of the fittest. Survival of the fittest type of thing, yeah, exactly. So, anyway, so it basically focuses on one of the couples, and things go very badly, very quickly. But, anyway, um, we get past that. Yeah, but that was the story in a science fiction magazine. Yeah, exactly. And then we flash back to Rusty Brown's dad when he was young, and man, he was, he was a useless thing. Anyway, he got a job, like, when he was young at, like, a newspaper, and he fell in love with some girl, and the girl, like, you know, was way more sophisticated for him and way more emotionally mature, and he was not, and he got his heart broken, blah, blah, blah. But she always wanted to come over and have sex. And but, ride and, him. And he didn't understand why she didn't <laughs> want to have a relationship, because sex to him meant pure love, and, you know, he's very naive and just couldn't separate the two or whatever, which is kind of weird. Well, then he ends up getting his heart broken, and then he ends up meeting Rusty Brown's mom, and they get married, and happily ever after. No, they're not happy. Yeah, they're not happy at all. They're miserable. <laughs> Just like everybody in this book. Everybody's miserable. So, anyway. Okay. So, Rusty's, Rusty it's Brown's not dad. Rusty Brown's dad works at this school, and at this school, there's also this other kid who's kind of like the guy who's always picking on Rusty Brown. Well, then we follow his story for a while, and he grows up, and he, like, goes off to college, and... He does pretty good for himself. He does good for himself, because his dad is rich and has lots of connections, so even though he's a complete screw-up in life, like, he gets, like, a really good job and makes really good money and meets, like, a wife, and they have some kids, and... But he's a horrible father, and then he cheats on his wife and divorces her, and then... Um, mentioned he killed his best friend in high school. Oh, yeah, and in high school he got drunk, and drunk driving killed his best friend. But, you know, life keeps going great for this right. guy, right? So he goes through college and all that, and... But, yeah, he gets married, has a kid, but then he leaves that lady for another girl that he likes, who kind of feeds his ego and ditches his wife, and then... I think he ditches her for like another girl at some point so he gets married like three times and of course his kids don't know who he is and he's a big jerk and blah 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 and anyway so we basically follow him through like his whole life until he's like on his deathbed or whatever and then it really? turns out that on his deathbed he realizes how much he screwed up his life and what a waste of space he was and that nobody in his family cares about him and pretty much life is over and he dies hmm. so happy okay yeah. and they play that song you know, happy no silver spoon so, all right. Whatever. Then you know we focus again to the African American cats in the cradle. Oh uh, yeah, they don't play that, do they? Yeah, they do play it. They I played it in my that. head when I read. Oh, it. did it? Yeah, cool. But anyway, then we focus on the African American um, teacher at the school. We kind of flash back to her life, and we kind of follow her through her life. And she's had a weird life too. But her story isn't too bad. She's kind of. You know, she becomes, she kind of works her way up through the school and becomes like an administrator and gets a good job. And she meets a guy, and I think they get married, but they don't have any kids because they're older. And she's always looking, like, they keep flashing to this thing where she's looking at, like, adoption stuff. Like, I'm thinking she wants to adopt or something, you know? But at the very end, you realize, spoiler alert, that she was going through adoption thing because I guess when she was, like, really young, she got pregnant or somehow. I don't know if she got raped or molested or whatever. She got pregnant. And they made her have the baby and then knocked her out and then took the baby away and put it up for adoption without her help. And so her whole life she's been looking for her long-lost daughter or whatever. Mm. So at the very end, she actually finds I her. The daughter. And that's kind of like your happy ending, I guess. Oh, yeah. So that's Rusty and Brown. And that's the end of it? That's, yeah, wow. like I said, it's part one. So like you don't really see much about Rusty Brown, and so I guess there's a whole other part to it. Like it's ongoing. Like Chris Ware puts it out in like chunks, I guess. Hmm. 
know. You enjoy it? It was very enjoyable. Okay. It's one of those books you read it, and there's so much, like, little details and stuff that you miss. That, like, you, I immediately, if it wasn't, like, so long and so detailed, I would immediately go back and want to read it again. But it's, like, giant. Like, this is how thick it is. It's, oh, like, yeah. super yeah. thick. So I wasn't going to spend the time to go back and read it again. But I think I would, like, enjoy it if I read it again, because I think you'd pick up a lot more of the little details. Because there's so much in every little panel and everything. Hmm. So. I still haven't read the Rusty Brown book that you gave me when I gave you Christmas. I gave you I mean, Rusty not the Rusty Brown. The... The Smartest kid on earth. Yeah, the yeah. that one's Chris a little Ware. more concise and focused. Not quite as jumping around as that one. That one's just like you got like it's, it feels almost like three or four comics in one. Because hmm. you like follow this character for a really long time, and so it's very strange. I mean, the characters' lives intersect, but not like like in a meaningful way. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like they're just in passing. So I don't know. That's Rusty Brown. Pretty cool. I want to do one. All right, sorry I took so long. There's no, just a really dense fine. book. You were doing panel by panel there just now. No, that book <laughs> is long. No. So I got Doc Frankenstein. I'm so annoyed because like I had the issues of this and they put it all the final issues of it in like this yeah, big the giant hardcover. Yeah, the last they put in this. So this is the whole shebang. The whole shebang. The wow. whole story. Everything. That is a nice. Um, the Wachowski cover. brothers. Well, is it really? They're sisters. The sisters. Oh, the Wachowski sisters. Yeah. There's an intro by uh, Lana. Lana Wachowski. Lana. She's the one who's going to do the new Matrix movie? I don't know. I think so. But, uh, so. Who's the other one? Lana and. Lily. Lily Wachowski? I think. Cool. Which that's really weird. I mean, that's. Just... Really? That's weird? That's just... Well, they're both still married to their wives. I know. That makes it even weirder. <laughs> I mean. It's not weird. It's just <coughs> I did not. Know it's this. a huge coincidence. Strange <laughs> that there's two brothers and they, they both they transition. Both transition. It's just, I don't know odd. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just what are the odds? Do you know what I mean? Like it is interesting. It is. It's very. But uh, okay, so like I read that there's like a four-page introduction by Lana Wachowski. Lana Wachowski. And it's very interesting because, like, Jeff Darrow is, like, credited as one of the creators of this book. Yeah. That's all he did was create it. Yeah. He didn't write it. He didn't draw it. Huh. He didn't do anything. And it's all by Steve Scroach. Yeah. Which, dude, the book is so beautiful. Like, the artwork is so awesome. It's, you, you can Maestro's? tell. Did you read Maestro's? That sounds familiar. Okay. Yeah, I think Same you to him. I, it's so, so it's like. They came up with this idea when they were storyboarding Matrix. the Matrix. Hmm. So there's there's a bit of Matrix in it, like you can see Matrix, but it's so cinematic, like it's so, it's like a storyboard for a movie, basically. I mean, it really reads that way. And there's there's some stuff that's like almost straight out of the Matrix too, like in the story. But do you would you remember any of it, like anything? I just remember, like, it's very anti-organized religion. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Because he's Frankenstein, of course. All these organized religion cults are, like, hunting him down because he's, like, a freak of nature, nature. or force against God or something. And know. it really goes into, I mean, you can really read, like, you know, he was the monster, like, Lana was the monster. Like, it's very, it, um, it could be, like, a very personal, like, when I read it, if you read the intro and then you read the book, like, you can really see kind of, like, oh, wow, like, that's crazy. But, 
So the gist of the story is, so it's it's Frankenstein. Well, they call him Frankenstein, but he's really Frankenstein monster. Monster. Yeah. But they call him Doc Frankenstein, and so he's been around forever, and um, he is basically. Um, what am I trying to say? Mm-hmm. He's basically tr- just trying to live. Like he he lived in the old west, and he lived like he was a bounty hunter, and then he's just kind of bouncing around trying to find somewhere to fit in. And there's this this religious group, like that that keeps trying to chase him down and kill him, and like you know just get rid of him because he's a demon and he's a, a monster and an atrocity, blah blah blah. Um, and so when we pick up, this really happens like all the whole story happens in like the span of like a couple days, really, because it starts out. I mean, you have your flashbacks, but the main story. Oh really. Yeah, I mean, it starts out, they attack, he built, he's built like this, uh, he saves the president, like, right off the bat, and it's Bush, and then, so he has, like, this fortress, kind of, that he's built, and he has all, anybody that wants to live there can live there, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, whatever, the, uh, Krakoa for the mutants, it's just, but it's this big, giant fortress, and so it starts out with this, this, uh, religious group or whatever tracking him down and they attack the fortress and they ultimately end up capturing him <clears throat> they plant a bomb and they trick him into coming with them and this guy he had met this guy back in like 60 years ago and and they tried to kick, take him out and he got the best of him so this guy's been plotting for 60 years to to take out Frankenstein so they basically capture him bring him back to their fortress and then the his friends come and rescue him and then it's just a showdown but it gets really like the new stuff like the i think there were like 60 pages so probably like two issues it gets really weird cuz it goes into like the whole so like there's this fairy that this this uh so it it Man, even that art is so good yeah it even goes into like uh <clears throat> like the origin of of god and jesus and so, like, God was, Yahweh was just, like, a God. Like, all the other gods. And he's just, like, hanging out with them. And he just, he starts to get more popular. Like, and then he, <laughs> Jesus, man. So, like, he goes to a wedding. And it's it's Mary and Joseph's wedding. And he actually has sex with Mary. And then they're, like, gonna stone her because she's, she's pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. So he actually goes in and does, like, they show the scene where he, like, goes in with, like, like heat ray vision or whatever and, like, repairs her so that she's a, still a virgin. Mm-hmm. So, like, he actually had sex, like, actually had sex with her, got her pregnant, and then fixed it to where she was a virgin, and then Jesus got born. And then there's, like, these, there's these fairies. Because this fairy is the one telling this other uh, religious guy who's been, like, I believe in this for my whole life and I fought for this and all this and so she's like telling him the true story of like what happened because this fairy was there so they actually like the the fairy community they take Jesus and they give the fairy to Mary and Joseph so they like swap and so Jesus is actually like raised by like these fairies and then it comes down to uh, God Yahweh he's like losing popularity and Jesus is getting really popular so they actually plan they plot to kill Jesus. <laughs> like, God kills Jesus just to take him out. 
so that everybody will believe in him Wouldn't again. Wouldn't God be smart enough to know that this is going to create a martyr and then he'll become more powerful? I, I don't know, dude, but it gets really freaking... That gets Obviously nuts. nuts. But um, anyway, it yeah, the whole... Th like, I remember buying the issues, but they came out so sporadically. Oh, like, yeah. I just remember reading them, and I never sat down and read them all. So, like, it didn't even... Like, it didn't... I didn't remember anything. And you sit down and read it. Like, it's a really cool book. The And like I said, it's very... You know, if you look at the artwork, like, the artwork's awesome, but it's very cinematic. Um, but it's cool. I mean, I liked it. It's a good book. I mean, um, but it, it it does play a lot, too. Like I said, you know, you can kind of see. Because she, she talks about it, like, in her opening, too, you know. And, I mean, it really does kind of play along to, like, you know, her life. Were as they far raised as, like, religiously or something? Um, I'm not really sure. But uh, obviously, he's a huge. She is a huge. She talked about in the opening about how like she saw Frankenstein, the movie, Frank, the original Frankenstein movie, and like I guess the guy. So Mary Shelley was like an outcast when she wrote the book, and then the guy that directed the original, whatever, when it was made, like 1930 or whatever. Like I guess he was openly gay, like back in the 30s in Hollywood when he made Frankenstein, oh. and so. I don't know. It's just kind of a whole, like a meta whole thing. real life meta thing, like full circle kind of thing. But um, it's very good. I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, other than it's just crazy. Like I sat there and described it. And it's almost. It sounds like a Garth Ennis book. It does, you know doesn't I mean? it? But it goes. It goes way off the rails. But uh, and then there's like werewolves in it. Cause there's like this hound, there's this pack of werewolves that he double crossed, and like I, it's it's got everything in it, but everything, everything. But it's uh, it's good. Yeah, I I saw that solicited, and I was like, okay, cool, I'll buy it and I'll read the whole thing, you know. And it was a nice oversized hardcover, so. But uh, yeah, I didn't realize it was a hardcover. Yeah. I thought it was just like a trade. Yeah. So anyway, that's Doc Frankenstein finally. Um, I think they originally published like five or six issues. And then, because yeah. it says in the front, it's like, it's like 230 pages and like 170 to like 230 were like, I'd never published before. So wow. I assume it's like two, two issues, but hmm. that's weird that they would get Scroach to come back and do it. You well, know he owns I mean? it, doesn't he? Probably. It's like create your own thing, but yeah. it also goes into like, why is that weird? Well, I don't know. Cause he hadn't done it forever. He'd no. think he'd be busy on his own projects or whatever to come back and do a story from like, that is his own project. Well, I know, but I mean, I think... Never mind. I don't know. I have no idea what you're saying. Apparently not. <laughs> you want to borrow it and read it? That way you can finish the story? You can finish the story. I never read them. I always waited to get all of them before I read them. See, now you can read it all together, though. I know. I don't want to. What? <laughs> sounds too weird to Jeez. me. <laughs> it sounds too weird. <laughs> what did you do? Passed all the religious stuff. It's really. I think bad. I'll pass. Thank you. <laughs> I'm good. Um, but yeah, it's. I don't know. Like I said, I mean, it's. It's just like storyboard, but the art's really good. I was gonna try to look. All right, Scott has to do something. I do. We did two long ones. Now it's your turn to do a long one. Yeah, I could do the long one. I guess. Do the long one, Scott. Do the long one. Okay. <laughs>
I read this too. Isn't that middle story horrible? I read this. Yes, the middle story was atrocious. atrocious. I read this whole thing. Brian I just Hurt wrote it. I didn't bring it. Don't let I him read any write anything I, anymore. I didn't make him draw stuff. I didn't. Uh, Brian Hurt didn't draw that. Wrote it. I wrote it. Oh, Brian Hurt wrote the middle one. Yes, that's why it's atrocious. Oh, I didn't realize so. that he wrote it. So you got essentially three things in here. You got the wrap up of the of the six gun base story. Which was very satisfying, I thought. I thought it was good. It's uh, so, kind of... so damn short. Yeah. Oh, it was I mean, it what, like four issues, but I three. mean, the art was, oh, it was a three? Yeah. It was just so, well, the art is so the 50 was like super-sized. It was super-sized, but. I yeah, do the admit the was... art in there is, wow. Well, I liked how it amazing. did like a Dark Tower kind of come full circle kind of thing. I would agree. I would agree. It did remind me a tiny bit of Dark Tower. Yeah. I mean, the like... ending really, because of the fact of what they had already I... led themselves up to, I don't know why it could have really ended it. Too much different. Yeah. Are you talking anything? about just the first so. book or like the whole series of the Dark Tower? Have you read all of the yeah, Dark Tower? Yeah, I've read all the Dark Tower. I'm talking about the whole series. Okay. Yeah. The thing with the way that that ended, though, it seems so abrupt. I'm sorry. It was kind of no, like okay. it seems so abrupt. Like it builds up this whole thing, and then they get to like the castle or whatever, and the dude's like throwing fireballs, and then it's like over in like. Talk about the Dark Tower? Yeah, no, Dark I thought we were still talking about Six Gun. No, 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 no. He, he I'm saying, like, subject. I changed the subject because you brought it up, but it was, like, it was very short. The the ending... Of the Dark Tower. Of the Dark Tower and this, it seemed kind of short. Yeah, Dark Tower ending blows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's Stephen King for you. You know, he's horrible. He doesn't movies. know how to... Because you're right. They got to that tower, and the guy's, like, throwing fireballs. But, and, they, and they, like, erased him on a piece of paper, and he's gone. I'm right. Like, really? That's how we defeated but, him? But then, after you get past... Toward that, then he actually does the ending of it, and then it kind of comes around full circle. Circle, yeah. and that was a cool. That's ending. cool. And this yeah. did kind of a and that thing. is kind of sort of the same thing. Sorry. No, you're all good. You're all good. So I guess the question for you, Scott, did you understand prior to this that Drake was like sort of living multiple versions of his life over time, or I don't think I'd ever picked up on that. Oh, I did because there was a part there, especially with the Crusades, where oh, okay. he was in there or something like that. So, so prior I knew- to this book. Yes, I, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure I thought there okay. was something See, I there. Think I it, it didn't surprise that. me anyway. Okay. I mean, I, I think maybe I, I understood that up. somewhere. I don't okay. know that he was. I it, it was differently here on than what I expected. I guess in a way, yeah. you know, I just assumed that he was kind of reliving. You know, he he was another version of it, but I didn't know exactly how many times the world had been remade though either. Uh, gotcha. You know, I don't know that I ever really picked up on that portion gotcha. you know going through i thought maybe it had always been stopped before it got to that point nah. whereas this you know really gets you into the fact that no we we've, we've hit the reset button several damn times yeah. and drake keeps coming back and as long as he keeps coming back you know this will keep going as well as some of the others but yeah. i mean drake always seems to be the one that's resetting the freaking world Correct. you know which that i didn't exactly pick up on but the fact that he was there with it i think i did at some point yeah. in there that i i, I would have swore i seen him in one of the flashback to the crusades you know with yeah. the swords and things gotcha um but yeah i i thought the ending overall was good and i thought that they probably went just about the only way that they could yeah. on something i mean some things are a little bit more surprising but uh Oh, yeah, the art on that is just so yeah. Those, those and then you go from there to like the those couple don't. of little flashback type stories or whatever else, and one of them's focusing on White Wolf and the Indians, and that is just 
It's tough to get through. Oh my There's God, so, so much. Bad. I kept reading. I was like, oh, this keeps coming. I'm flipping ahead to see how many pages it is. Yeah, and oh, it's, it's like, so at least, what is it? Four issues? I don't know. It's three. at least three. And you know how, like, when you read, like, sometimes your mind yeah, wanders. Maybe it just felt like, you it know, was six three. issues. I mean, it just. They were oh. each three. It was three, yeah. three, and three. Well, you know how sometimes you're like, you'll be reading a book and your mind will wander. <laughs> you'll be like, what did I read? That whole series was like that. I don't think I abs- I absorbed hardly anything in that story. I could not tell you what that story well, was about. I basically just powered through. It kind of, the way I understood it, it kind of set up the whole bat, the the death or whatever the, with the skull. Oh yeah, but that's where they created it the was. skull. It was right where they, they created it. And the, so it's kind of given that backstory that there, as well as the backstory of White Wolf, I guess, in a way too. But that was the whole point of that so, story was that's where you know, the skull they, came from. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, end. it just was. It was yeah, yeah it was, not very I mean, good. That story was to ruin my life. But I did I like know. the last story. It, that one. Now the last, last story, story with uh, what is his name, Billy John or whatever. Billy, yeah, I like that yeah. one. I liked it, but I mean, it's very. That was very preacherish. As yeah, far as, it's got it reminded some me yeah. a lot of the um, Killer of Saints. Yeah, yeah, I could see that as well. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, the thing with that is, here again, it didn't have a whole lot of no, you know, much to it. yeah, exposition or whatever. You know, there's not a, it's not real wordy. And, but I mean, it's telling a very direct story. You've got a character that you kind of that you care about, you know, and seeing some of this type of stuff. And yeah, I thought it, uh, I thought it was really good. As one of those things. The bigger, bigger problem with that is I think I would have rather had that as a in-between in one of the other novels, you know, yeah, or something like that, rather than being here, hinge. you know. And, and that's part of my problem with this one is the fact that while it's wrapping everything up, like you said, the three issues or whatever the heck else, it really felt like you probably need to put at least the the one, the last story in here, yeah. in the previous volume, and give this like six full issues, you know, or something of that. Yeah. Ending. But maybe there wasn't a good split there. It just seems like to keep it all going, because this, that first part, just goes so fast. Yeah, it's and so, so good. quick. Yeah. And it's really good, but I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it really is... I think the climax and everything happened in the last one, and this is really just kind of that wrap-up, yeah, yeah. In, in some ways. In some ways, yeah. Uh, and so... Well, the other thing, the problem with structuring it that way is you, the big story ends, and you get all that, ex- and you get, like, a nice finish, you know, oh, yeah. story, and then you're like, oh, but there's all this other stuff, which isn't really necessary anymore because right. I've already finished the story, and it's like... It. Yeah. And then the first story is not very good. They're definitely not strong. And so it's like, well, not only do I already know how the story ends, I don't need all this information, and it's not done very well. It's like, oh, it's just structurally. I mean, not that I'm saying they should have put the main story in the back or anything. No, 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 no. I, I, I agree, because through. you don't really want to power through all that to get to the main one, especially if you just read Volume 5 or something Correct. to that effect. You want to see how it all wraps up. Yeah. So. It just almost needed those interludes, though, a little earlier, maybe one of the other volumes, you know, or something to that effect. I think that's the problem with doing, like, miniseries that are separate and as, like, yes, you know, rather than integrating, integrating them into the actual, like, you know, storyline, story yeah. the main series, by doing the miniseries. Because, you know, like, I reread The Cinder recently, and, you know, they had kind of a backstory for each character, but he just kind of integrated into each, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, story, and it worked perfectly, and it seemed like it didn't mess up the pace near as much. Whereas yes, this, it just feels that. more jarring. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. 
And then seeing the stuff in the back is always pretty good, you know, and stuff. Yeah, there's some interesting. Well, it does seem like there's a little bit more filler in this one. Because it's a six gun. Yeah. But it does seem like it is a little bit more filler in this particular one than than the other five, you know. Yeah, I would have rather had, like, the, that, well, I don't know that you really could have had the, well, I guess you could have put the second story in between. Like, they could have put that story at the end and then put the last arc with this one you know what i mean like, yeah yeah this one like yeah. you were saying like i was saying try to put, take those fillers put them in the way five I, and, and the then. way as long as it took for them to come out i wouldn't remember that damn story yeah i know yeah. to that point, but that's part of my to problem though, too is the fact that my memory of five is probably not the strongest either right. you know of some yeah. things you know and and like i said the, Man, six just goes. Oh yeah, it, they, goes, fast. it goes so fast, and I mean, it's it's so much of it is is really just kind of these like little flashbacks and little you know um, I don't don't know if I want to say fan service, but tying up those little loose ends you know mm-hmm. and things you know in some ways, but it doesn't take that long, and yeah. it just it, the bigger thing out of those those three is just the fact that the art is just so amazing. I think through that to to make yeah. this on kind of that epic scale. But I mean, really, the the big gotchus and surprises in some ways happened in the last issue. Yeah, I feel yeah. like you know, or the last volume, I guess I should say. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, they still had to win. That's right. They. That's right. But I mean, <laughs> you still had to. Yeah. Win, and I mean, you know. But you know, I felt some things like say the uh, taking out of whoever the hell has the six guns now. I can't think the redhead or whatever the hell he is. You know, Drake taking him out was a little anticlimactic. Oh, yeah, let's see here. I'm just going to go run into you and shoot my gun, you know, quite a few yeah. times. I'm like, really? You couldn't have done that, like, you know, half a dozen issues ago or something? <laughs> uh, you know, in some different stuff there through there. But, uh, yeah. uh, but overall, I mean, it hits all the, the right right notes, I felt like. Did you read the introduction? Uh, I probably. did. Uh, he was comparing Colin, which Colin Bunn is a great writer and a great yes. guy, but he was like, my, it's Michael Moorcock, and he was like, yeah, he's like, is, you know, he's right up there with Alan Moore. And he does say something about that. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't, about I don't quite that good, but I, I do, that. I do put Colin Bunn on a pretty high pedestal in some ways, yeah. but probably not quite that high. But uh, I do tend to like a lot of. Cons. He's very prolific, and so, but Six Guns is probably my favorite thing by him. I yeah, by but far. I think he's a good storyteller overall. Yeah, he, yeah. Is. he knows how to pace and things like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was just like, that. And character build. It's a but bold yes, that's a bold. Yeah, that is a very bold. bold it's hard statement. to compare anybody to Alan. Roy. Reminded me a little bit, I started thinking about that article that they posted or whatever about how his Alan Moore's daughter had wrote that oh yeah I found that very interesting you guys ruined him and and just like it ruined Weezer we could have had so many years of good storytelling from him but you pissed him off and he went away but who's that DC yeah yeah. exactly like the comic industry basically broke Alan Moore just like it breaks everybody Mm. so like he would have if he had, if, if DC had, had treated him right, he probably would have wrote a lot of stuff for DC. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and he thing, would have given them much more stories to have. You know? But the thing is, though, I mean, I, well, I guess, I mean, Alan Moore is like a, 
a good writer, just like kind of like, you know, Jim Lee's a good artist, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're always going to get good stuff out of him. But it made me wonder, like, did, did Alan Moore have 20 years of, like, really, really good storytelling in him? Or did we get, you know what I mean? Get like, his best, we too. got his best. Well, that's always mostly. a question, too. Like, sometimes the more prolific someone is, the less you appreciate them. Exactly. And that's and what so I'm, the fact that we I'm don't wondering. have a lot of Alan Moore, maybe that makes us appreciate the stuff we do have. We do have. Because, yeah. like, now Frank Miller's cranking out stuff, and it's like. Not near as good as what wow, he Wow, it's like, he may, maybe he should have stopped. 10, right, and that's kind of what I was, you know, be, like maybe we got just the right amount of Alan Moore, you yeah. know. But I mean, I love, I know, and I don't. Yeah, but he's I love League of Extraordinary you know, Gentlemen. Exactly, I'm well, thinking of that. Kind of weird. Well, huh? last the, year League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. The original and weird. the second. But the first one, one I thought was the first, really good. Yeah, the first two were good. Were really good. I still, I've read all of them, and I'm reading the last one now. I'm not done with it, but um, I still like it. But yeah, yeah it's, it's not as good. The later ones are not as good as the first one or the yeah. first two. The last one I read was like that Nemo one where it was like some weird women in some jungle. Well, he did like some Nemo. From Hell was really He did pretty, like some Nemo stuff, cool. but yeah, it's way. like standalone spinoff Nemo. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, but no, it just made me want, like when I read that article, I was like, because his daughter was just like, you guys are robbed of all of this, you know, 20, 30 years of great yeah, just stories. Possibly, but I also think that he's a oh, bit yeah. of a kind of a eccentric though too or something like oh, that oh yeah well. but I mean I, like I you know I read I don't exactly one. think he's probably the easiest people to get along with so well I, I mean I. but sometimes those got, people that are in that different genius so creative I don't think too. that he was difficult to work with he really got effed over, by, he DC over there by DC with Watchmen so I mean <laughs> they, they really did they, they effed him bad they, they fucked him bad such a horrible um, but uh Oh, funny well, thing. I mean, Marvel. Quick. So Ford versus Ferrari, right? Yeah. So I'm watching that, and these Ford executives and the way they run the company, I'm like, this is why I don't buy a Ford because <laughs> these guys are jerks. They don't understand how to run a company and build products because they're probably so. I'm like, oh. but there's a lot of those big companies that are that way. They well. are. It's so. It's like, oh. yeah. If you really found out how Apple was made, you wouldn't want to buy an Apple product ever again. Probably but not. Like DC Comics, they're horrible. Marvel Comics, I'm sure. Well, Marvel, they're owned by the Marvel did the you know giant mouse. they had the thing with the Kirby. Yeah. So I, I mean, but uh, okay, you cannot compare the Kirby to Alan Moore though. It's totally different. Well, like Kirby and, got screwed, yes, but he kind of knew what he was doing at the time. Like he understood the work for hire and all that stuff. Alan Moore was promised one thing. Yeah. And he had every expectation to turn out that way in DC flipped it around. Mm -hmm. They had like a little clause in there and then they made him pay for that little clause. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. And well, I mean, cuz you know, are we you know what we're talking about? I have no idea. Okay, well let me break it down for you cuz I always find it fascinating. So when they did Watchmen, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons said, "This is fine. We're going to put this out as a 12-issue series, and after it's done, once it goes out of print, we get ownership of it." And DC said, "Yeah, yeah, once it goes out of print, like every comic book has ever done in Every time before then, once it goes out of print, you guys own it. Like, okay, sweet. So, you know, cool. Well, then Watchmen became the only comic, the first of its kind, that stayed in print for 30, 40 years. And so they never got their rights back. But every comic before that had never been reprinted like that. Right. And so Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons didn't realize DC was going to keep this thing in print for 30 years. And it was going to, like, basically spawn graphic novels, you know, as we know them today and trade paperbacks because it had never been done before. 
And so they never got the rights back to Watchmen. But when they made that contract, that had never happened before. And so in their mind, they were going to get their rights in like a year. Yeah. And so, I mean, how was he supposed to know that DC was going to keep that thing in print? Or that it would sell like that, right? Right. I mean, you create this awesome work, and then it sells, and the DC puts out a trade paperback. Oh, that print run sold out. We'll print another one. Oh, we'll print another run. We'll print another run. And Alan Moore's like, "Um, why do you guys keep doing print runs of this? Well, they keep selling. Yeah, because it's awesome, but I was supposed to get the rights back. Oh, no, we're going to keep it in print, and your contract says as long as it's in print, we own it. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I think I have, like, a 20th printing of Watchmen. Oh, yeah, it's out there big time. I mean, mine, I think, is, like, 13th or something stupid. And then they keep putting in other formats, like, ooh, Watchmen Black and White, Watchmen Warm, Watchmen Oversized, Watchmen Absolute. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Every format you can think of, we'll just keep getting that Watchmen. Yeah, oh yeah. Elmore's over there like, oh, I was supposed to have the rights back 30 years ago. Yeah. And then they make the movies, and they do the before Watchmen, which you didn't want. It's like, not only did you screw them out of the rights, but then you're doing all this stuff that movies, you didn't want. Movies, and now that series on HBO, <laughs> exactly. and everything else. And... No wonder he's a bitter old man. Yeah. Well, Dave Givens is like doing like commercials and stuff for that. HBO yeah, thing. They paid him really well. I mean, him and Al Moore don't talk anymore. Right? <laughs> Especially now. Especially. Yeah, that's probably true. Well, they were begging, they, Gibbons called Al Moore, was begging him for the Before Watchmen stuff to like endorse it or just give like his blessing. He's like, I won't do it. But Dave's like, but they're going to pay us a million dollars. It's like, I'm not going to do it. Right. <laughs> but at that point, I don't know. I mean, I get it, but. I know. Then you're getting a piece of your pie finally, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah. he sells his soul to get it. Yeah. He's just mad. I mean, I understand. Oh, him. no, I get it. You gotta. Yeah. And I'm sure he's not, like, starving. Or oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure, sure if he was starving, he would sign it. But I'm yeah. sure he's doing fine. Right. Probably so. All right. I read Gideon Falls. Ooh. Ooh. I just read another issue of that. Did you really? Damn. Okay, I read number eighteen. And I'm way behind. So, uh, man, this thing's flying. It's, it feels like what. it's coming towards. It a... does feel like it's coming towards something. Of course, then part of it is the fact that they talk about this whole tiny whiny university thing type things yeah. and alternate dimension type stuff and the fact that they have to get to the center and this type of stuff. So, I mean, it could be like a whole new freaking Gilligan's Island for all I know. But um, they. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this episode, or this issue is, they talk a little bit about the fact that some demon or a smiling man has come over into this one particular world or whatever you want to say. It, it seems like this thing is leading to, like, there's multiple Earths or this type of stuff. You know, Gideon Falls exists on multiple levels, all right? And in different places, it looks different. And so this one's basically saying, hey, in this one world, this dark man who can seem to travel between these dimensions in some ways. Yeah. That was good. But uh, this, this dark, dark man. man with Liam Neeson. <laughs> but anyway, the, this guy can like travel between them. And when they built the Black Barn and some other type of stuff, they really kind of let him loose, though, in, in more ways than they expected. And now he's kind of broke through to one of these worlds. And... I'm assuming that the whole thing now is trying to tie up to, hey, how do you stop the dark, smiling man? I don't know. 
it's kind of leading to that, but you got the what the priest and the uh, doctor that have to get to the center of this these multiple universes or whatever you want to call them, multiple dimension type yeah. things. And you got the big bishop who's like uh, trying to lead them there, but it's still there's some things in which I don't understand exactly how the hell they can travel between these different you know worlds and levels, but uh, but overall it, it I don't know I like that type of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really good. well done. The it art's is. really cool. The art is so cool. I was even noticing like the coloring. The coloring is like really good. Well, if I remember too. right, this is the one that has that whole weird, uh, yeah, the freaking almost, I would call it the Matrix architect, uh, you know, yeah, type thing. Correct. Of all that type stuff. And those and puzzle piece covers are really cool too. Yeah, they are. I don't know. Maybe, oh, yeah, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, Jesus yeah, Christ. Cool. I mean, it's just dark and gritty awesome. yeah and everything so so yeah i mean i'm still digging the art in this uh, i didn't read that page with all the there was a lot of words on it i think it was just pictures there, it's just mostly pictures uh, yeah heck you don't even have to read hardly anything at all and there's your there's uh <laughs> yeah, drew's uh or don's uh, dark man the dark so, man that's dark right man. Yeah. so cool. but, yeah getting really good. i like it it's good I'm sure I would like. I, I really do enjoy it. it. It's it probably is one that would probably do even better in kind of the trade. Yeah, format. read it all together yeah, because of the fact it. that I am gonna read it just all so uh, everything's just flowing from one to another, you know, and everything else. It's best that way because if you read like Descender as you go, then you just drop the stupid thing. And right, you know, which you I know. Have, so that's a bit of a problem. Okay, Don Drew. Don Drew, that's our names. Yep. Yeah. I thought maybe you wanted to go backwards then. You know, oh, Don could. do one. But, yeah, Don uh, does one. I gotta do I'm not sure what I'm doing. Here. So, Garth Ennis. <gasps> a walk through hell. You gonna have him sign that at Planet Comic Con? No. So, what? I read the first two issues and then completely forgot about it. Forgot about it. And I read. This is a lot of issues. I read. Finished it up with 12. There's like so, 12? it ends at 12. Wow. Did you read is one and two? Is this as good as Watchmen? No. I just jumped right in. It you just jumped all, right in at three? It all flooded right back. Really? Okay. Yeah. Watchmen was I mean, 12 issues. I know. Is it as good as Watchmen? Uh, it is better. Better no. than Watchmen? No. <laughs> it's very Oh my weird. gosh. It's hmm. almost like Garth Ennis a did walk a... walk through uh, hell. Did a uh, uh, Grant Morrison. Oh. It's very... Like, it's all I a dream. read it, and then I had to like... Go online to like figure out exactly what happened. What was going on? Is there anything so what the fuck, it? man? That yeah, is just kind of weird. That's gonna give me nightmares. Yeah, it's pretty freaky. It's so it's hard like the hell, it's dude. like the true Spider-Man like there. You know, there's like hell type thing. No, not really. Kind of, sort of. It's basically a uh, he's um. And then there was what, what happened, happened to us. us. Um, it's basically his commentary on how the world Religion? is just going to shit Words right now. Like, we're going to be, like, it's not going to be, like, a, a catastrophic, like, a volcano or, like, it's going to be us killing ourselves, oh. basically. And um, we're on our way. We're on our way to destroying ourselves. So, from what I gather, from what I read... There's the story basically revolves around these two um, police officers, FBI the agents. The popos. Um, one's a woman and one's a guy. And Only in this, whatever. There was no, this. Is it, is it and, That's right. No. Oh damn it. And there was this. Uh, there was this um, like a child molester, serial killer, type guy, and he. 
Like X-Files. They couldn't, they couldn't <laughs> catch him. Mm. Like X-Files. He kept getting away, and so the... Was he, does he smoke a lot of cigarettes? No, he's not the smoky man. I don't really think the smoking man was a child molester, at least not, not like it. <laughs> he killed book. Kennedy, though. Well, so, uh, anyway, so he basically was getting away with it, and so the lady couldn't take it, so she broke into his house and killed him, but staged it to make it look like a, like a suicide. Hmm. Well, they go into this building, and, and he's there. And he's basically like the embodiment of evil, and he's come back in another. Like he had taken this form of this kid, like early on, and so he's basically taking them on a walk through hell that they created themselves. And we all make it's our very, own hell. We all make our own hell, and, and apparently our it, whole world is making its own right. Hell. It just turns into that that uh, everybody lives with like he can show everybody like they're evil and it drives you crazy and you see it i don't want to see my evil right so that's kind of what it is is and then at the end it's just kind of like his uh his uh commentary on society how we're just going to be the end of ourselves like we started today when we wrongly impeached the president of the united states so oh really yeah that's what he said no i added that a little bit just because today's a historic day. Did we actually impeach him today? Yes. They did. They did? Yeah. Wow. Well, the Congress... They impeached him. They, the, they, house. The, the House. The House. Yeah. The house. he has to put him on trial. But, yeah, he has trial. to go on trial yeah. on the yes, Senate. I love a trial. Right? Everybody loves a trial. <laughs> so does he. He's like, bring it on. Take it. Make it he last as it. long as you want it to. I don't care. He's getting reelected anyway, so... Exactly. So, yeah. Probably so. But uh, anyway, I, I I was talking. I, I listened to a lot of the debate. You call it a debate? Like I had it on the radio because I was oh, listening yeah. to it. It wasn't a debate. It was the Republican get the re, the Republican guy gets person gets up and goes, "This is horrible. This is atrocious. You couldn't. You just can't take it that he won the election. So the only way you can get rid of him is to impeach him." And then the Democrat comes on and they they say. Oh, he, he did X, X, he abused his power, he did yeah. this, he like did this, and did this, and then you go back. It's like, who do you, who do you believe? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you've got two well, they're grown, right. grown people <laughs> who are dead set believing that this was wrong and that this wasn't wrong. You know well, what like, I mean? if he did what he said, like, yeah, that was wrong. And then the Republicans are right, but the only reason they care is because... They didn't win the election. Like, they're both right. They're both That's true. That's very true. Well, true. I mean, if he's guilty I mean, of high treason and abusing his power, then yeah, I'm with you. I don't he think should be yeah, gone. But, but I don't think treason. he's guilty of anything other than what everybody else does. Like, I think he's guilty of abusing his power, but unfortunately, is a fact that I think it's more of a case in which the guy just. Is too dumb to actually realize it in right. some cases. Oh yeah, I you think know. he totally was just like he's like a total like he's, he's a, a business guy. That's right. He's and a that's total, how he runs a business. Right. You strong arm people. I think people. he strong arms people all the <laughs> time on a regular <laughs> basis. Hey, listen, and I buddy. Think he was like he, in the art of negotiation, <laughs> hey, listen, buddy. He pulls out everything possible in this business world, and he tried to do the same thing as president of the United States. And, and that's illegal. That's illegal, <laughs> and he got slapped for it. Right now, the right. problem is, is the fact that the Democrats have gone around it with a fucking just dumbass 
holier than thou method, yeah. you know, type things because they don't like the guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I mean, yes, it's an abuse of power, but it's not a crime. It's not illegal. Well, I don't yeah. know. It is a crime. Yeah. I don't Whether know. it's high crimes or I know, whatever, I mean, who knows? I mean, quite frankly, this whole thing is a damn thing. Well, it's, it's very partisan. Well, it's, it's been so funny. Well, the, well, the Republicans problem. put Clinton on they did trial, for, impeached him for having sex for having sex in the White House. No, they impeached him because he, he lied, lied during a deposition. Correct. Uh, lied under oath. And is that an impeachable offense? In a deposition. And he told Monica Lewinsky to do the same thing. Well, yeah. Told her to lie Most people probably would do the same thing. So another case of and the only reason they impeached Clinton for that is because they, they didn't like didn't him. They didn't like him and they wanted him. And they had the power to do it. And they had the power to do it. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. It's all it's the same type of well, thing. It's the same thing. It's just the roles are reversed. Well, no, no. And, and I'm not trying to take sides. Like I, Although if, I was if, younger if, and dumber then where I thought if I, yeah, there's if, if if he If I he is guilty of doing. probably should have been out of there. If he is guilty of doing what he's supposed to do, what they say he did, then yes, he should probably. No. Like you know what I mean, like, but that's it, the frustrating thing is like, you, so I thought like, so I knew they're impeaching him. I knew the Senate has a Republican majority and they would have to vote to do it. I said, well, that's gonna be really hard because you know, there's, well, but that's, there's a let me finish. Yeah. So there's a fifty. There's like fifty four Republicans and forty six Democrats. I was like, well, even yeah. if like five Republicans switch over, oh yeah, they could they could actually move them off. So I'm like, oh no, they have need to have like a super majority, like sixty seven votes. Yeah. They're Getting but the 67 it's, but votes more the case on the Senate side is it's not so he's impeached now yeah. it's the trial, trial and yeah, that's where the Senate gets involved. Is correct, they but they do the trial, but then they but have they to still vote. have a vote with the trial. Yeah, and it's you're like right. there's no way you're gonna get enough. I know, and so kick him out of office. The, so I mean, it's for all not. for naught, and so not. it's just spending our damn money for no apparent reason when they My could probably be trying to figure out how to get freaking universal health care or some type of shit. My problem, what are they doing behind the scenes when they're distracting everybody with this crap? Like, they they must be doing some awesome things that they're pushing through or getting Probably done so. that none of us are paying attention to because we're all focused they're, on this. And oh, just, they were talking today about how, like, he's being impeached, but they're pushing through, like, tons of legislation. Like, <laughs> Nobody's his, paying attention to. His, what does he call it? The oh, space yeah. cadets? Or his space, space uh, army or whatever army? the hell it is. Like, it's got some weird name. Like, it's... <laughs> gonna pass like we're gonna have well the yeah they got the new force. budget that they're doing space yeah. force yeah. they've got a budget they're pushing through. Just yeah like, they got a whole budget they're pushing through while everybody's looking at there. this impeachment they're like shooting and through budget, their budget they were talking going there. They were they're talking. all getting raises probably well, i'm sure they are they had our taxes like are going the, up probably they I had him on um he was here. doing a he was doing a speech thanks rally like in michigan or whatever and uh he was talking about, and it was just so surreal. He's like, yeah, my space rangers are going through. And I'm like, that's a thing now. <laughs> like, this is Trump as the president, and we now have space rangers. And how cool is that? Or whatever. Who doesn't like, want space oh rangers? God. How do, do we get, get part of that? Do we get Solar Ox next? I don't want to be. Thundercats? I, I'm sorry. We went I'm going to go try to, we try went to be way. part of that mess. Let's take a little break so I can edit this easy.